and welcome to episode 46 of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. Today we're going to bring on Mr. Steve Eubanks, our LPGA insider, as we talk about Lydia Ko. Lydia was the top-ranked women's player in the world not that long ago and has struggled by her standard, at least, over the past couple of years. She's changed caddies and coaches again, so we're going to talk to Steve Eubanks about what that means for her in 2018. Cassie, uh, um, being in, um, I don't know, Buffalo or the North Pole or wherever you are, I had, um, I just had one, I had a question for you today. Should, um, should I wear the, uh, the Navy or the khaki shorts? Yeah, that's always a good question, Steve, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's actually, it's not bad here today. It's like 55 degrees. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not actually in the North Pole anymore. <laughs> but it is raining pretty bad, so it's all good. Okay. <laughs> That's tropical this time of year, 55. Exactly. 55? That's that Good. I'm wearing shorts out today. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> That's funny. And for the first time in 2018, we welcome Steve Eubanks to the postcast. Steve, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I am great, guys. Thanks for having me. Steve, let's start with your column this week, which concerned Lydia Ko. She's still very young. She's going to turn 21 this April, but she's been searching for answers in, in good form over the past couple of years now. Explain to our audience what you believe has kind of happened over this slump. Yeah, you know, the, uh, it, she's gone through a number of changes. She's changed uh, equipment. She's changed instructors now three times. Um, she has changed um, caddies uh, more times than you can count. I mean, I, she went through seven in her rookie season, and she ended up um, settling on Jason Hamilton for quite some time. He, he led her through most of her victories, uh, and she has gone through a couple more since then and is now on uh, her third in that stretch. So, um, uh, look, I there's a lot going on with Lydia in terms of the golf swing. Uh, if you go back and look at some of the uh, – video of her swing when she was 15 years old and, and winning LPGA tournaments um, as a 15-year-old amateur, it, it was flawless. I mean, if you, you can take the positions and uh, and compare them to some of the legends in the game. I mean, you can, her, her position at the top was very reminiscent of Greg Norman. Um, her positions at impact look like, you know, look like Ben Hogan and Jackie Burke. Uh, now, does she have that level of speed? Of course not. But she was a 15-year-old girl. Uh, and if there's one thing we do know about 15-year-olds, it's that they get stronger. Their bodies change. And so the, the combination of swing change, getting a little bigger, getting a little stronger, just growing up, um, I, I think it has all combined for what we, what we would consider from Lydia Coe's standards a slump. Although I got to tell you, she, she had three runner-ups last year and eight of the top tens. For a lot of people, that's a career season. Uh, but we look at her a little differently because she set so many records so early, the youngest to do almost everything in the game. So it, it's been a very troublesome time for her, but I firmly believe she's on the right path. She, she will win again, in my estimation, uh, not just this year, but perhaps quickly. So Sean and I are, are thinking that a lot of people are going to blame her parents, saying they're too too involved, too overwhelming. What is that relationship like, and is there any truth to that claim? Look, her parents do live with her. Well, I say live with her. I mean, she lives with Sarah, but her parents, uh, you know, are there. So um, 
and and their whole job right now is Lydia, making sure that you know that that everything in her life and and the career are taken care of. Um, it, that 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 is extremely common uh, in many Asian cultures, and so I, I don't I don't belittle them or or begrudge them doing that one bit. Um, However, I will say this, they are the nicest people you will ever be around. Um, in terms of a close-knit family, uh, th this is as, as good a relationship as you will ever see. Uh, these are wonderful people. You would have these people into your home. You would love to have them as neighbors. Um, so this is not one of those things where, you know, I, I love going back to the old Jennifer Capriati example where uh, Stefan Capriati was, was basically a nightmare for, as a father, uh, and he drove his daughter not just out of her sport, but, but you know, almost insane. Um, this is not that by any stretch. So, um, I, you know, I, I always worry about people who criticize people they have never met or criticize a relationship they, they are not familiar with. And in and this situation, you got to know the codes to know that this works for them. And it's it's one of those things where I don't begrudge or belittle them at all. Is it the way I would raise my daughter? Of course not. She gets to be eighteen. I'm shooing her out of the house. <laughs> but um, but you know this is how they've chosen to do it, and they're all quite happy with that situation. Talking specifically about her swing, you mentioned that this move has totally changed over the past few years. She used to turn really well going back, had a great hip rotation throughout her swing, and that seems to have changed. It looks like she's lost distance and accuracy in, in part because of that. How would you diagnose how her swing has changed since she, she kind of first started being on tour? You know, I, I think that she fell victim to what a lot of people in, in that, uh, you know, that five year ago range fell victim to. And this was the idea that a restricted hip turn uh, puts you in a position to, uh, and, and again, I don't know what this even means, use the ground uh, to generate speed through impact. And and quite frankly, I, I, that has has proven to do very little other than create back problems in the long term. Um, go back and look at, at the people who are in the Hall of Fame. Most of them had unrestricted hip turns. Um, most of them, you know, rotated very well through impact. Um, had good, you know, long backswings, uh, all of which Lydia had when she was 15. Um, it, and, and when you look today at some of these these folks that have attempted to restrict their hips and, and, and make a more firing action, kind of a jumping action at impact, um, what you're finding is those are the people who, before they're 30 years old, are already missing events because of their lower backs. That That's just not a good sign for the long term, for a long term career. And I, you know, I think she's now going back to where she was uh, at 15. But again, as I said, her, she's grown, her body's changed. It isn't as easy as just saying, oh yeah, it felt like this, let me go do that again. Um, but she's getting there. I, I think that uh, she, she's a smart girl, she sees it, and she'll, she'll find her way back. Last question on Lydia Ko. Um, we know that the LPGA players go through caddies like Kleenex. It's another thing entirely to go through coaches this quickly while also making completely equipment changes. I think this question is one we all wonder about. When are you, when you are world number one, excuse me, why push your, why push change for, for, for like she has done in the past? Why, why change? It, it is a mystery to me, Cassie, and it, but, but it isn't a mystery that is, is isolated to Lydia Ko. Why, you know, why would Tiger Woods change his swing when he was number one in the world? Not once, not mm -hmm. twice, three or four times. 
Okay. Um, why would Martin Keimer, when he was when he was the one of the best players, if not the best player in the world, decide? You know what? I'd have to learn to draw the ball. I can't play this fade all the time and completely overhaul his swing. And th- there are more instances of people who are at the peak of their game and career who have decided, well, I have to make a change because I have to get better that fall off the face of the earth and you never hear from them again. Then there are people who successfully go through that transition. And, and it's just, you know, it's a it's a head scratcher, really, why anyone feels the need to do that sort of thing. You're the greatest in the game at this time. Just hone what you have. There is no reason to try to change this. And, and I, you know, if, if you figured the answer to that one out, let me know. I'd like to patent it and take it out onto all tours. <laughs> I'd patent it myself first, though, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, let's shift gears to the announcement that just p- took place. The uh, World Handicap System will be ready to launch in January 2020, it looks like. Um, explain some of the major changes that we're going to be seeing, because there's going to be a couple of kind of cool changes that are going to make the game a little bit more uh, easier to travel and maintain the same handicap and, and things like that. Yeah, if you never travel outside the U.S., um, they're, they're, you're going to notice very little change, other than the fact that on January 1, 2020, even if you haven't posted a score in a while, you may see your handicap uh, go down or up a, a little bit. And, and you, if you're wondering why, it's because the, the USGA is going to an eight out of the last 10 system instead of a 10 out of the last 20. So to have a handicap now, you take the lowest 10 out of the most recent 20 and you take 96% of that. And then there's, there's, there's all this calculation based on the slope rating and the, and the uh, course where you're playing uh, to come up with what your handicap is. But that's basically your index, low 10 out of the last 20, 96%. There you have it. Um, Now it's going to an eight out of 10. So it's the low eight out of the most recent 10. Um, for a lower handicap player, they may see, you know, a one tenth or maybe two tenths come off of their index. For a, a mid-range to high handicap player, they may see it go the other direction. Again, no more than a tenth or two. Uh, the great thing about this, though, is you if you if you do travel, if you do go overseas, you now have a portable handicap uh, because everybody in the world will be under this same system. And I know that, you know, when I go play over in the UK, it's been very difficult in the past because they don't ask you what your handicap index is. They don't have any idea over there. They, the first question is, what do you play off? And, uh, you know, you have to decide, well, I guess I can round it up or round it down. Uh, but you're always at a little bit of a disadvantage uh, when you go over there just because of the way they calculate handicaps. Well, all of that's going to change now. So if you're, in, if you're a player in Great Britain and Ireland, you're going to see a, a substantial change because you're going to the same system we now have in the U.S., which is the index system. Um, you no longer will play off of 10. You may have an index now of 10.4 uh, that will adjust up or down depending on the course that you play, just like we do over here. That's really, really cool. I'm glad we're all coming under one handicap system now. Last question for you, Steve. What is your take on the USGA's attempt at moving the game forward? Because there are a lot of proposed rules changes and initiatives in place, and we have a lot of women in important roles within that organization now, and it seems to be evolving. So what is your take on that? Well, I I think it's wonderful to see. Look, I mean, I'm just glad that the USGA seems to be moving rapidly with some things. I mean, this rule change, um, you know, took longer than the laws of Moses to come down off the mountain. I mean, it was forever. So, but but it was much needed, and and I I applaud them for finally coming through and getting this done. 
um, but to to um, to take these things forward and to have women involved in the game the way they do can be nothing but positive because you know, too for too long uh, the game has has said oh yes we would love women you guys go over here and play on Tuesday mornings or yes yes we want women we actually have, have women's tees and then you go out there and look at them and they're unplayable. Um, I think all of that is changing now. Women are the, the fastest growing element in the game. Girls are especially the fastest growing element. The, the USGA LPGA girls golf program uh, is the fastest growing uh, junior program in the world. Uh, so to see that level of engagement uh, from all these girls is, is really something special. And I think it's, it's a great thing for the game going forward. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. That was fun. Great, guys. Good to be with you. And moving on to the PGA Tour this week, we are at the Honda Classic um, at PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. We move to the East Coast now for just one week, and then we come, then we go to Mexico City, and then we come back to the East Coast. It's kind of a crazy schedule, but hopefully that changes next year. But Tiger Woods is in the field again this week, along with Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. So let's make some picks to win this week, Sean. Who you got? Yeah, I'll be there. It's kind of our hometown tournament down here. I um, always love going to the Honda. Should be a good crowd with Tiger being there. I'm going to take Alex Noren. He uh, played played very well, obviously, at the Farmers at Torrey and uh, lost in that playoff to Jason Day, a playoff that wouldn't end. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a strong player. I think um, this is a tough golf course. It really is. It's one of those golf courses that uh, if there's ever a ball striker's golf course, um, you really have to hit the ball well here. There's so many penalties you know, there's a, there's a lot of water hazards throughout the course. It's just a really difficult layout. And uh, Alex Norton is a great ball striker, big, big strong guy who can really uh, hit it well, hit it solid. So I'm going to uh, take him to keep on playing well and to uh, get his first U.S. Uh, PGA Tour victory. I like that. So I'm also going to take a European in Sergio Garcia. And he's making his season debut this week. Um, don't forget he's having his first child next month so maybe he's riding a little high getting excited for that um and he won in singapore on the european tour in january so um we know he's playing well it's just a matter he's playing well hopefully in the u.s now so i'm gonna pick sergio garcia this week very nice another good ball striker yeah that should be two two good picks yeah so let's hopefully one of us come out with a victory now all right And that's all the time we have left on the postcast. If you don't and you'd like to, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Global Golf Post. So until next time, hit them straight. See you later.